Welcome to the Cashless Cowboy, where we cover all things radio and Western lifestyle. Based here in Australia, but don't worry, we got some overseas guests coming in too. Let's get into it. The biggest name in Australian radio. And the Cassius Cowboy, when we got a big name, we go big episode. That's it. A two-parter. We've already done one two-parter with Greg Lees. Well, here's another one for you. Shane and I sit down at a jackpot roping just outside of Warwick at the Memorial Calf Roping a couple of days before the Australian Pro Rodeo National Finals and nail out a great, great episode. So let's not delay any longer. Here we go. Part number one of episode number 14 of the Cassius Cowboy with Shane Kenny. Let's do it. Right, here we are, episode number 14 of the Cassius Cowboy. We're here at the Memorial Roping at Evandale in Warwick. Um, I have the one and only, the top cowboy in Australia, Mr. Shane Kenny. Welcome. Thanks, Benny. It's great to be here. Um, after uh, listening to a few of the podcasts and all that sort of stuff, um, yeah, it's uh, everyone's got a story, so it's um, a pleasure to be here and uh, a privilege. No, I appreciate it. And that's exactly why I do it. And that's when I asked you, you probably hadn't listened. You listened to a couple, but hadn't really gotten into too many of them. But uh, when I ask people to come on, that's why I do it. It's for their story. And yeah, to that's their right. Story and out to everyone. And it's always good to, to hear their story because everyone's different and come from all different um, walks of life and so forth. So it, um, it's definitely uh, good travelling along and kicking back and listening to their story. Yeah, definitely. We may pick up a bit of background noise right now. We were going to sit in your trailer, but your aircon's on the flicks, so um, we're outside right now, just opposite stables. And uh, like Lisso, this is Ron Lisso's place where on she's feeding up, and the boys are doing horses and stuff. So we may get a little background noise, but uh, just adds to it. That's right, so cowboys. That's it. As I just said, we are here at the memorial roping. Um, this year, it's gone back to the Ralph Memorial for the uh, calf roping. The rope and tie, sorry, but the rest is still just the memorial. Um, in Warwick at Evandale, Run List of Highlands, it's a fantastic facility they got here. It's awesome. Yeah, no, it's um, one of my other homes. I have a few around Australia, so um, we've got quite a few cattle running around here and so forth, and uh, call in, drop horses off, take off, do whatever you need to do, row and listen. Take care of stuff, and um, it's always awesome. Uh, you want to pull up, rope, do whatever. Um, your place is theirs, so yeah. But um, now the memorial, uh, we kind of named it that. Um, more so, there's so many um, past great champion cowboys that uh, team roped or roped calves, bulldogged, bar race, breakaway, like the girls too. So. Um, uh, Judy was running the Ralph and um, she sort of had a couple of years there where she was looking like not running it and um, you know we wanted to, to see it keep going and um, 
Row and Lisso are happy to have it up here. So it's sort of kind of all tied in and um, <coughs> not uh, with the trying to name people. There's so many people and um, it was good. Uh, I think it was last year, like Trey Johnson had a church service and we all sort of sat around and, um, you know, he just said, basically, it's just to bow your head and remember anyone it's just um you know the memorial of a fallen cowboy or cowgirl and um that's what it's all about it's not so much about being the the champions that we um honor or so forth it's just the the people that are in your life so that was kind of where the memorial idea started um we with the rope and tie we ha it is ralph uh Heckshear's memorial um with what judy put uh, a lot of years into now and um but yeah we we've sort of opened it up to where we've got the team opening and all that stuff and make it a, a big weekend and and just be before the national finals too as well um you know everyone guys can come and rope and get to see the cattle um we'll uh have you know everything sort of will be here now and then we'll um this week they'll Probably pick the bulldog and steers and the rope calves and cut the ones they don't want and um, they'll be ready for the finals uh, next Thursday. So yep, because you yeah. are contracting the finals. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, like we're at um, Australia's most famous rodeo, the Warwick Rodeo. Yeah, so um, we've uh, just come from Capella a couple of weeks ago uh, with the Team Roping Association uh, finals up there. Um, we had four big days and um, yeah, the cattle all went good. Uh, it's been a very trying year. Um, I don't know how many sets of cattle we've been through. I know we've been through quite a few sets of bulldog and steers and calves and all that sort of thing. I don't think there's um, too many other people around that, uh, you know, we put a fair bit of pride and um, passion into what we want to do and um, it's part of our life so that's you know we want to do the best we can and provide the best pop possible stock we've um yeah gone from down to melbourne right through to darwin uh all these r different rodeos and ropings and so forth so um yeah it's it's been a been a while like it's been on a, a, a long um a long journey i suppose so yeah but uh bit justif justified to actually have the opportunity to uh you know provide the stock at the finals and even um like at capella like you sit there and watch kids win eight nine ten thousand dollars um and you think we've still got uh there's cows at um at our block at gimpy that um they come through and i seen one the other day i'm like oh danny swaddling won that car on that one so it's um you know things that you remember and um the enjoyment that you get out of uh, doing what we do like i said you are trying to get the best of what you have here ready for the finals and it is a trying time as you just said like it's normally this is a 10 head and it's that tough right now with with to be able to put it on for everyone You've kicked it back to a five-head. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ro was a bit hesitant uh, about even running it at, at all. Like I said, oh, we can't not do it. We've got to switch what we do. So um, when we decided to bring it back to a five-head, 
mainly um, just the welfare on the cattle. Like if we end up with a ton of teams and, you know, we just didn't want to run the cattle too much and not, you know, not have the quality. I'd, I'd rather um, have the quality and, you know, they stand up and everyone gets a, a, a good go. And, um, yeah, it's nothing worse than when the, the cattle are getting sort of tired and and you're trying to want to rope or do whatever and and you can't, don't get a good good go at it so yeah it's all fair that, yeah that's right yeah. i feel bad i didn't we uh we kind of just rolled straight into it but for those at home because that like this goes worldwide for those at home who don't know mr shane kenny introduce yourself i completely just <laughs> we just rolled with it i apologize that's right mate um yeah, uh, I'm Shane Kenny. I was born in uh, Alice Springs, 1974. I was 45 the other day. Uh, my mum and dad's Tom and Kerry. Um, I have a little brother, Casey. My wife's Leanne. Um, I have uh, got two boys, Tyler and Jaden, um, Alyssa and Cassidy, uh, daughter that's in the States. Um, I grew up. My dad was a 77-78 bull riding champion of Australia. Um, he won the rookie all round in, or the rookie of the year in 69, I believe. Uh, he made it in five events, I guess, back then. Um, yeah, it was, he bulldogged and roped calves and rode bareback horses, bronx and bulls. Um, bull riding's always been his passion. He, uh, he's loved bull riding. Um, he grew up at uh, Pinnacle, just north of Mackay there, um, on a dairy farm basically. Uh, my granddad was from Ireland and um, their dad and his brother Jimmy were bits of rascals I think. They used to get the dairy cows out and buck them out and do whatever and um, yeah, he sort of, uh, roping was a, a big thing in his life as well, like he, um, he always liked roping. Uh, I think that's sort of where I got it from, but um, he um, just loves his bull riding. So he, you know, he's sort of a bit of a rough stock cowboy, I suppose. But um, I actually uh, grew up thinking I was going to be a bull rider. Um, and you grew. Yeah, I grew. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, my mum, she's a uh, Connolly. They grew up uh, north of Richmond and um, Boralula up in the north there. Um, she was from a very large family. Um, her brother's Danny. He's uh, made the saddle bronc riding finals at the was back in the AWRA days. But um, rode broncs and roped a few calves. And um, uh, Mick was my uncle Mick. Uh, he's um, riding to his camp after now. But um, he was went to the states and worked in uh, working cow horse. Um, worked at Copperwood Ranch down there. Uh, I think he was actually second for the Healing title in 83, I believe. Um, he was a big influence in my life. Uh, I'd sort of get home from school. We were living, living at his place there for a while and get home and, um, you know, he'd have the horses saddled and drag the dummy. Um, did quite a bit for me. Um, my Uncle Shane uh, was uh, 83 and 87 bull riding champion of Australia. He... Um, I guess he kind of lived with mum and dad for quite a bit. Um, he was, uh, I think, just as silly as my dad riding bulls. He um, he l loved it and still, it. still does now. He um, he's very fit. He's like I think he's still got on. Yeah, he got on one the other day. 
whenever it was. 60-year-old, I guess, but he's he's uh, very fit. Um, rope calves really good. Uh, but, yeah, all, all my mum's sort of family, they've all been, um, you know, off the land. and um, She was from a large family. A lot of my aunties and stuff, uh, they're always around, um, around us and stuff. But, um, yeah, the boys, uh, my, my two boys, they're... Um, very passionate about uh, roping. Um, I think Jaden won second in the eights the other day, and Alyssa, my daughter, won first. Yeah, it she was beat him. Three hundred and fifty-something teams, and it was yeah. it's quite funny. I, I had a tear in my eye because they they were both last uh, second and last to go in the in the short round, and they jumped out there and did what they had to do. And Put and um, I'm board. thinking that was pretty pretty pumped for him. I was mm. uh, very excited and proud of him. Um, Definitely, but he got back to the trailer and he was dirty. He oh wouldn't talk yeah. to his sister. He was, he was, not happy. And I'm no. like, well, that's the eye of the tiger, I suppose. Um, you know, you you think you're that close, but uh, you're that far away. But anyway, I was just uh, pretty tickled. Like it was, it was so good. Be a proud dad by him. Yeah, that's right. Brother. Yeah, yep. And um, Alyssa, she uh, she won the all round a couple of years ago. For the the all round open title, still um, as a junior, as a junior, that's yeah. right, yeah. Um, and she has a chance to repeat that this year. I don't know how she'll go. Um, there's a lot of lot of rodeo between now and the end of this week, I suppose. But um, she's been doing a thing, and uh, she's leading the breakaway going into the finals. And um, yeah, the bar racing, it's it's so tough that bar racing deal. It doesn't. Uh, doesn't matter where you go; it's sometimes it's just nothing in it. So mm. um, it'll it'll be what that is. But but uh, she's very prepared and very uh, driven, and yeah, it's good to see someone that um, you know you you watch them grow and and they grow into these uh, people with their own attitudes and you know accomplishments and all that sort of stuff. It's um, at such them. a young age too. At, yeah, at a young age. I mm. mean, um, it's it's pretty funny actually. Just a little story. Uh, like Jaden sitting there watching them steers run up, and he's like, "Oh, what's that steer? What's this?" I'm like, "Any time I want to know a steer, I go and ask him." Because that yeah. was one thing I, I took him down south. Uh, he was only like four or five, I guess. He's real little, and I just schooled him. And then I schooled him. You got to you got to remember your cattle. It was something that I was always taught. You got to remember numbers and got to remember your cattle and know what they do and and a lot of times, um, I'll just say, oh, because we've got quite a few steers, and you go, what, what's that steer? And he's like, oh, this, it'll tell you what it is. Like, most of the bulldoggers will go and ask him, like, what they yeah. are. Yeah, and he'll, he'll sort of, That's awesome. he'll tell them, you know. So the steers are running up there, and he's like, oh, what's that one down? What's that? I said, I could tell he was nervous, because he's like, looking two steers in front of where he was. I'm thinking, no, you got that one, mate. Oh, oh, what's that? I said, no, it's the next one. You've got, you've still got three to go, you know. So, okay. I'm like, yeah, he's a good steer, mate. Yeah, right. I said, just go and do your job and have fun. That's all you got to do, buddy. Win, lose, or draw. Just enjoy yourself and enjoy the moment. That's the biggest thing. And um, anyway, yeah, like he, he went out and roped his steer and he did did really good. I think he um, he's very uh, very passionate about what he does. But um, he'll get up and tie calves, or he, oh, he's 12 year old, but he'll get out and groundwork steers and. You know, he sort of gets right after it and 
wants to um, wants to go ahead with it. But um, yeah, but anyway, uh, now we live at uh, Destiny Downs at um, Emerald. There, it's about 15k on the eastern side of Emerald. Um, we run a lot of ropens and jackpots. We have schools and do a few schools and stuff. Um, we contract a lot of the time event cattle um, around Australia. Like I said, we've been down south, um, staying at Lee Kimmer's place there and Lee and Cherise and giving them guys a hand on the farm and uh, did a lot of the rodeos down Victoria and stuff and um, it was really good to get home. We sort of, basically I think we went down there this time last year, I think it was sort of, and um, we were there till March so we were sort of away for five or six months and um, by the end the kids come down when the school holidays were on so it was yeah. good but... Um, I said to H today, I was like, oh, where are the boys? He's like, they're at school. They're I was like, school. oh, but they think their throat's cut. Oh, yeah. 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 He's like, they'll be here this weekend. Yeah. Next weekend. I was like, oh, they'll be right then. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, um, no, we got um, just another lease block down at Gympie. We got run all our cows and stuff, and we've got cows here at Rowan Lissos. <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah. All over yeah, Australia. Cows at Lee Kimbers, actually. The other day, he sent me some photos. He goes, oh, they're going pretty good these steers. I'm like, it was seller suckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, but no, that's pretty much yeah, me. That's you. Mm. In, a, in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Big nutshell. Yeah. That's it. Well, you did say before, um, you and Casey, would, you know, he is your younger brother, but he's just as big of a man as you are. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's um. There's ten years in between us, and um. He uh. He did uh, three years, I guess, doing a trade as a boiler maker, and got jack of that, and pulled the pin, and um. He come to live with with me at uh, Emerald, and that's sort of been about it. Uh, he um. He, or since you know recently he's just married and. Um, him and Annalise live out at uh, Jericho and stuff, but um, no, he uh, he got to go to the States and did pretty good over there. He blew his knee out at Salinas, but um, yeah, he he ropes calves pretty good, but he doesn't mow Anna. He's a bit lazy, but <laughs> um, but he team ropes. He loves loves his bulldog, and so um, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, pretty good to have a little brother that's you know he's a he's he's a good guy and he's you know you don't um we don't come into this world i guess made perfect and just to have someone that's come along and and it's i i feel for him too sort of um you know everyone probably thinks oh he's my brother and he's you know he's got big shoes to fill and whatever he's he's his own person so definitely that's right you know and um you know i mean i'm quite sure there's a there'll be a time in a day when he gets up and gets a bulldog and buckle. He's very passionate about what he does and he's roping and all that. So, um, yeah, it'll be I'll be a very proud moment uh, the day I, the day I see it because I, I can see it. You know, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Well, that's that's a good thing. You know, you, you sit there and you said yourself like he, my shadow may overlap his a little, but he's his own man. And for you to sit back and go. He will win a log and buckle. He's doing his own thing, and I'm proud of what he's doing. You know, that's, you know, it, it, a lesser man would sit back and go, hump up, brother. <laughs> like, you're letting me down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you, for who you are, saying, so no, he is his own man. He's doing his own thing, and he is going to be the best in Australia. That's if right. If he, yeah. he's on the 
brink of it now. Like yeah. he's he's sitting on that bubble of yep. being the best. Yep. We had a horse um as actually a mayor we were gonna actually send a Luke Branquino and um Casey had oh I can't remember it was Yeah, Luke come out and rode her for a week and it must have been before Casey yeah, the first time Casey went over, but he really clicked with her and then I ended up selling it to another guy and and um she still was at the house there anyway. We ended up losing her to Colic, but um, he really clicked with that horse. Like he, he did really good, and that, uh, you know, it's just a thing. Like um, it's a hard time events. You know, you got to have that horse. It's yeah. just all about horsepower, and that's you know, it's just um, bulldog and horses are probably getting harder and harder to find. Um, I think over here, like guys that. Uh, Oh, well, like you've seen today, you know, we had some fresh steers there and there was like four or five guys there. Like, yeah. You know, once upon a time, they'd be, you'd be getting pushed out of the road, you know. Back when I was a kid, like, it was, no, you're right, stand back, boy. Yeah. I'll get in here. And <laughs> you couldn't get a go. But now it's just like whoever wants to pop in, yeah, by all means. Yeah, that's it. So. Well, as you said, it, it is like we had a bulldog in here afterwards. We decided... This, like you said, we were going to rope um, three calves today because it's back to five head and two tomorrow. But we decided because there's only five of us here that were entered in it and the, more, the rest are coming tomorrow, we'll just run them all tomorrow. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, after the team roping and all that, we had, um, there was a bulldog on, on the program as well. Yeah. And there was only two entered. Yep. You know, and I was kicking myself because my dog and mare is my calf horse as well. Yep. And, like, I was talking to, to Will there last night. He's like, they can't bite, like, enter up. I'm like, if it wasn't a five head, like, Diamond, my mare, doesn't overly work right full stop. Yeah. You know, she keeps stuff tight, but she's never, she's no jelly bean. <laughs> no, no, not, yeah, jelly bean. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, and I can't afford to kick pass on a couple for the fact of I love the dog and, to then back in the box tomorrow and have her follow me up the line. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, and I was saying to Will and even H today, I wish I just had a separate dog and horse because, you know, w when do you get to, I mean, you go to a practice and you get to do it, but when do you get to back in the box and get three steers, bang, bang, bang? Well, it was pretty competitive. It was, yeah, it was pretty good too because they're all fresh steers, so mm. they had to go at it. They made them work, yeah. They had to go at it, yeah. and um, then, uh, yeah, for it to. If it had to be more guys, like we only had to hopefully try and run the run them all, give them one run on the fresh ones, and then run them back around and yeah, yeah go through it that way. But it was um, yeah, it was pretty pretty different. Like not too many places you go, and then they run in fresh deers. Like I mean, they'd been roped a couple of times. They sort of knew where the back end of the arena was, and um, them boys when they caught them, they had to. <laughs> they, they had to slide them out and yeah. try and wear them down because that they they wanted to they wanted to push and they were strong and so it was um yeah, it was pretty good yeah well that that first steer that h run that pony just sort of sat there but didn't want to kick him through and when he pulled him through he sort of set his feet out to the left and this thing just took h with him <laughs> <laughs> he like he, he he left the trail but then as soon as it spun him H just is going backwards with this deer. Like That's he was, right, yeah. He was on for the on for the ride. He was just hanging on. Jesus take the wheel. He was going. He was hoping that he wanted to get clawed by his back feet and rip his jeans, I guess. That's yeah. it. That's it. But credit to the boys, like Fresh Cal, they all got they got three for three. Yeah, they did Both good. Both of them, they did yeah, good. Yeah. You know. Uh, so. But um, 
why would you say it's it's hard getting a dog and steer in Australia nowadays? What's the difference? Because there's that many rope horses getting around, even calf horses. Like, okay, competitive, open, like for yourself, stuff like that. Maybe not, but like a lot of mares like mine that can do a lot of events. There's a few of them out there. Yeah, what? there is. Um, back in the day, like when I was a young guy, I mean, so I lived at Neville McCarthy's place and they had probably three or four bulldogging horses. And when they went to run steers, they'd run. We'd just bulldog in the day. They'd yeah. run. They'd have 30 steers there and they'd run them three or four times. Yeah. You know, they'd run, you know, or we'd run, you know, go and run 15 steers for the day. And that was just the repetition of it all and that's why the horses were good and, you know, they were getting plenty of runs and um, whereas nowadays, you know, they're not get, they don't get the runs, um, and I guess, um, but like you say, you know, I kind of the last few that um, we've trained, um, they've been heading horses. We've we've headed on them for a while, and they've had a fair bit of run to them. And you know, you get them good in the corner, and you know, get them to score and and rate their cattle and that sort of thing. And then you know, the way they go. Um, but uh, I guess it just comes down to putting the time into it. Yeah. You know, having the motivation to want to do it. And, um, you know, Campbell's horse, Campbell Hodson's young horse, he was a heading horse that hazed on him. And Darcy brought him down to home there. And we put sort of a week in there and just did a few things. And, you know, he'd probably run his probably only five or six each day, but we just did it in repetition and score a few. And, yep. you know, he was. He just picked it up so quick, mm. and um, I mean, like Campbell, they, you know, both them boys have done real good on that horse this year, like Mount Isa and stuff, and um, you know, and he'll only get better, like with a few more runs and all that sort of thing. So, um, and that's all it is, you know. It's you know, hazing on them, bulldogging on them, just doing it. Yeah. Well, I had a. Um, I had a little chestnut mare that was actually my ex's sister's horse, and she you went to Lockie. I sent it with like my ex Katie. She uh, she bow raced her for a bit, and then she just she got to a point where she's no, I don't want to bow race anymore. I was like, okay, well, what are we gonna do with her? And then we kind of got to a point like she wanted to undecorate as well. That was her passion in the NRA. We got undecorating and that sort of thing. And um, we're like, right, well, we'll send her to Lockie because oh, she'll get some steers there. Yep. You know, and like within a month, I think Lockie had her for, and he wanted to buy her. Like, just like she's an open camp horse. Yep. Like, she's very cowy and she's very quick. Mm -hmm. And that, and just, she wasn't a hot mare. Well, she, I can't, I thought she was. Like, I'd, I'd never really ridden her that much and that. And we're at, uh, Bimaroo, I think it was, or somewhere, actually, Gumbungee Radio, and I do the grand entry. And Katie had just finished bow race, and I was like, oh, shit, I'll just get on diamond. i uh, get on fly, sorry. I had to be pinned by the pickup men in the <laughs> lineup because I could not keep her still. And I said to Locke, I said, like, we're taking a gamble. Like, just see what you reckon. Like, she is a hot-minded mare, but if she makes it, she'll make a good horse. Yep. And I backed in the box on her. Just, we went to, uh, uh, where is it? Gamari, I think. Gamari. Um, New Year's. I'm a Ronnie Wilson. New Year's up there, and the Sunday night, Locke's like coming on some steers on her, and that, she's not ready to rodeo yet, but just coming on some steers, and then you can take her. Yep. 
I back in the box and she just scored like a anything like beautiful stood yeah. like a statue not on my head and just beautiful like really good and I was getting really excited about her and that and then um I couldn't afford to buy her and and Caddy and I split and stuff and she's going back out to Mitchell Bush and I was like it is such a shame yeah because she is just a wicked and yep. she was going to be like I was putting the time in on her like I'd go to Jimmy Tatum's yep. to the jackpots there and Barb would take some dog and steers for us and he had a creamy horse that he's running at Radios now and Fly and Fly was in front of that creamy horse yeah, okay. and that level was and now she's just sitting in a paddock <laughs> like it's just, it is a real shame to see such a, a promising prospect yep. just go to waste now but it is like you said it is hard to get a horse that's just born for one thing yeah, you know. Oh, and they're all you know. They all have their moments. Shoot, um, I think it was uh, this year down struggling for heading horses. Had two old horses were hurt, and um, I you know roped a heap on my Hazen horse, and um, you know I just thought, and he just stepped into it. And they all have their time. He sort of he stepped into it. He did good. Yeah. And then he stepped out of it and he started doing bad. So I left him and, you know, it's just kept, went hazed back on him. But, you know, it's just a time thing and they, you know, you see it all the time. You see um, horses that people have that shine and they you think, that's a nice horse, mm. doing good. Like yeah. Stepping right up, ready ready to game on, you know. Yeah. Um, well, she was, she was ready to rodeo. And then she got an abscess. Yep. And I was like, oh, shoot, you know, like, we, she, she's out a bit, and then she come good. So I went back to practicing on her because I wanted to put the time in on her away from the rodeo. Yep. You know, because, like, with Diamond, my mare, you can do every event on her. Like, every time event there is, she's won a good checkout. Yep. At a lot of good rodeos, you know. But I can't expect the world when I don't leave my own backyard. <laughs> you know. We had that talk today. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I like, I can't expect her to uh, to blow me through on every steer when I'm kind of expecting her to shut down and help me work right. Rub a calf, yeah. You yeah. know, like she can do it, but at that level where you get by, takes an ex- exceptional horse. Yeah, like they got to be. Um, I think Neville McCarthy had another horse called J Checks. Uh, won me first check at Mount Iseron, made the finals the first year in the Bulldogging on him think it might have been axel i don't know anyway but jeff miller broke the jeff miller and uh rob mcphee broke the team rope record on him at cootamunda in 86 um he could eat out a lot of good cowboys ages here sorry you're giving away a lot of good cowboys ages here shane there you go yeah (laughs) he could eat out of a 20 litre you know bucket and he could still see how he had the longest head you've ever seen really yeah he was a beautiful horse um but you could bulldog on him, head, heel, rope calves. He was, you know, and he was a jet boom horse. He'd run, stop. He'd get left when you headed on him. I won Mount Isa on him healing, actually. Me and yeah. Neville. Yeah. So, you know, he was a very, very exceptional horse to do all them events. Um, I don't think um, I've seen probably another horse ever in this country that, could at that level yeah like i mean you tie a calf and eight on him not you know seven if you you know he'd damn sure stop and get back he worked really good um 
And uh, back then the team rapping steers were a lot bigger steers. Like Jeffrey, he used to just throw her out there and head left with him and that big sucker would wheel him off to the left and and um to heel on him he was really good um and yeah bulldogging on him he he just probably didn't take much of a step he just sort of more run straight through like he'd catch all your steers on him but he, yeah he scored he run he's you know he did it all um lenny kimber had a yellow horse that uh you rope calves and and bulldog on too. He was a really good little horse. He's actually the first horse I ever bulldogged on. Turned up at uh, Canamble Rodeo, ABC Rodeo, and um, turned up out there. And I think I was about 15. And I said, "Oh, you're in the bulldog," and because Lenny had ended me, <laughs> I said, "Oh, he put me entries in." And I'd, I mean, I'd hazed and groundwork a heap of steers. I'd caught the dummy. I'd done everything, but I'd never actually jumped a steer. I was just like, "Oh, I don't know about this." And um, Thinking, oh, well, so yeah, Lenny's like, you're right, get on old yellow. You're right, oh. So I run out there and caught this old bloody brindle and was like four Hooked. something and went second or third or whatever it was. And then, because it's a two day rodeo, and come back the next day and had a big old Hereford stopped and um, caught him. And I was five something. I was like, oh, this bulldogging's all right. <laughs> So on the ho- on the way home back to Neville's place, he rings me. He says because he wouldn't let me. He wouldn't let me bulldog. He he hadn't you know I'd done everything, but he wouldn't let me uh, jump steers. He's like you're too young, you know. You got plenty of time. You need because I was big, you know. I was tall, but very skinny, you know. Fifteen, but already six foot tall. Yeah, I was six foot, same height as him. Six foot, six foot four, and um, probably weighed a bit eighty odd, seventy odd kilos. I was really skinny, like a sk- stick figure. Yeah. I was very skinny, yeah, and. Um, yeah, anyway, he, he he damn sure paid my he he, he read my rights to me, he said yeah. be bulldogging, you know. I said, Oh, it wasn't my fault. I didn't you know, I didn't really I didn't enter it. Lenny entered me. I don't care. Said, You're too young. I said, Okay, so and um I won it by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, he 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 wouldn't care. He said, I got I got Axel Sitting here, I'll have him saddled. When you get home, you can bulldog on him. I said, oh, you know, Axel had a reputation longer than, longer than Yarm about getting left and and uh, busting your ass. I guess he um, he he is and still is to this day the most powerfulest bulldog and horse I've ever rode. He'd rip the saddle on out of hand. That sucker. He'd. Uh, but when he got it wrong, when the coordinates weren't quite right, he he knew where he was. <laughs> And and the worst part was the back end. It was actually if you rode past one, you'd end up on the ground anyway. Through the fence or uh-huh. yeah, yeah. No, he he um, Neville got him off uh, Robert McPhee actually I think, and he um, he had a bit of a reputation. He'd split the gates at uh, uh, t- uh, con- um, Cootamundra there. They got like a big I guess camp rough yards like at Warwick there and. Yeah, he's took the back end of the gates out like he'd just and kept going. Would not, would not weaken. Uh, uh, he'd, but um, but yeah, I like that horse. I won quite a bit on him, but um, he was something else. He just really, he was a massive horse, um, very stout, about fifteen hands, fifteen ones, but um, just built like a tank. He was a tank, yeah. Mm. yeah he'd, he'd eat um, cheesecake 
pies and <laughs> whatever. He was he was an animal. He was, but uh, yeah, he was definitely something else. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that. We've kind of we've gone a long way for this, but I'm I'm loving the way this is heading. You say he'd be the most powerful dog and horse you'd ever been on. That's what would be the the most savage calf horse you've ever been on. Savage calf horse. Um, Probably Dice, uh, Bayos, we had. He was very lucky. Stop, stop good and worked plenty of rope. Um, yep. He was, yeah. He actually, that's how I ended up um, starting to ride LJB now. Like, he started, Leanne was breakaway roping on him and he just started getting a bit tight, but he was from the saddle horn, like, and he could run. Like, he'd, he'd, he'd hurt you when he left the shoot. He, he sort of. He was a big, strong horse, and mm. um, you know I've always been very fortunate to have horses that work good rope, and because I'm lazy and I want them dragging them to, bring me, them like to me, bringing them to me, and yep. makes it easy to flank and all that sort of stuff. So, um, but uh, he was very, very savage, as in he meant it. You know, um, I've ha- I've had a lot of good calf horses and it's sort of hard to pin it down um i've sort of thought about this question quite a bit uh i mean justin probably be my all-time favorite i've told more calves in seven seconds than probably most people had hot meals in this country um but yeah there's been quite a few and i guess that's the the, the very lucky thing that i've had uh in my career is the horses that I've had have been have been you know made my job easier. So it's not that I'm no standout athlete. There's you know Mark Knox, bloody he's way more of an athlete than I am. At um, but you know just the timing of your horses and um, everything else that you need and do and um, <laughs> you know that's sort of what makes it all happen you know so yeah it's one of them things like there's there's a lot of a lot of mechanics in uh what we do oh definitely yeah yeah well um talking about like like powerful steerers horses and savage calf horses let's talk about some of the ponies that put you to your first final because your first finals are always a big accomplishment yeah um, actually, the first finals I went to was in '87. Um, was uh, at Boondle at the big entertainment centre down there. It was all the bright lights and TV cameras, and um, yeah, it was it was like wow, it was something else. Um, Lenny Kimber wrote with Lenny down there, and we did good. We placed in, I think we placed in two or three rounds, and in the average, we did good. I rode. Uh, Actually rode a horse of um, Lenny's old horse called Holly, and he was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was front Andy. He was, but what's uh, this in? In the in the uh, heel and actually, yeah. Yeah. Lenny actually roped calves on him, and he roped calves and healed on him and so forth. And but he was a bit front Andy. He ended up um, giving him to uh, his son Heath, and Heath and I are best mates. And um, and uh oh whole he was something else like he he was hard to he sort of just front end he was half short like he he'd he'd rip him down he was sort of knew what it was all about but um but yeah it was 
something else just to to go to that finals um it was right when the the open card come in and for people that don't know what that is that's they had a um a court case in the states because you could just do the prca rodeos and you couldn't have two memberships so leonard araga and uh i think it was leo and there was a couple of them they started you know shoot we're just driving past these rodeos and we should be able to do them and anyway so then the guy that uh neville mccarthy the guy that i sort of grew up with um you know he started he well they've set a precedent so he um started going to all every rodeo whatever was on you know and they're trying to stop him and they had a court case and and the people that were sort of running the association at the time they could have used it to their advantage i suppose um they could have made an open card so yeah okay if you want to go to them rodeos it's going to cost you another 500 bucks to pay your membership and buy an open card membership or if you want to just be a apra member you just do that you know like it could have been a bit of a money making thing for the associations i guess i don't know don't know the politics of it all but but that was sort of right when that was on and there was quite a bit of conflict with the cowboys and cowgirls i guess neville had just come back from the states a couple of years ago and um He'd been successful over there, and so he took on the association, and he won. He won. He won the deal, and you know, I mean, it's it's probably been a good thing for the associations because it's it's united the cowboys again. You know, there's no once upon a time there was you know the all the different associations, and no one really mingled in the, in the different circles. So you had your pro cowboys and you had your abc or your amateur cowboys and your nra you know all the different associations no one really because they couldn't because they couldn't so you just didn't get to see them people you know yeah and that goes back to what we said today you know there's some cowboys and cowgirls in australia that uh, don't want to leave their own that's right association yeah. own backyard yeah. you know they're, they're happy being being a shark in a in a a pond that's right where yeah. they can be a, a shark possibly be a shark in the ocean that's right you yeah. know no we see it all the time do is, yep. is you see it all the time take like that gamble very very talented people and you know they're doing their thing and they and they don't want to make that next step and um trying to better themselves as you know um it was something i always uh prided myself on it didn't matter where i was going and i had the opportunity because of the open card um you know if there was rodeos on down south well i wanted to go and rope against you know it didn't matter if it was yas rodeo or abc rodeo i'd go on anna if um you know wayne slater and danny mcguire and you know there was some you know good guys there so you'd go and shoot we'll rope you know and that's why i sort of end up i guess living uh where i live now like um i believe that back in the day the central queensland had the the toughest majority group of ropers you know there was sort of still do to, to my know. opinion to this day and that's only looking at the atra yep but down here southeast queensland there's no open roping yeah you know yeah. there's a a week 12s roping yeah you know, our biggest ropings down here are tens the lower numbers yeah that's right yeah you yeah. go to, to central queensland Yep. Open roping, twelves are open. Yeah. But it's not just you guys doing it. It's you're stepping back and roping with a lot of the young fellas come up too. Yeah. You just look at today, for instance, you know, you, this is an open team roping. 
has the tens incentive, you've utilised that and yeah. you've wrote with with H. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're one of your workers. You yeah. know, but like you you your open roping in Central Queensland is above and beyond to me anywhere else in in Australia. Yeah. You know, like you you got your strong southern crew in New South Wales and stuff like that. Like you got the Smith boys here today. Um some of the best ropers in Australia. You know. But when it comes to jackpot rope and stuff like that, I believe and it's just my opinion, some people can think otherwise, Central Queensland your strongest competitors. <laughs> we hold the we hold the records up there. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. yeah, Brendan and I Brendan Kenny and I uh we broke the record in Emerald with three nine the team rope and uh um, I remember that. Yep. And uh I broke the calf roping record in Rockhampton at the Great Western Hotel. I was seven two. I was seven two five at Emerald there one day. I actually thought it was gonna be six, but um I must have been moving a bit slow. <laughs> but uh no, we, we sort of pride ourselves a bit and that was sorta of, you know, with the with the calf roping side of it, you know, we had Ike, um, Warwick Hale, Aaron Lay, Wayne McGee, um, Johnny Aarons, you know, there was there was a bunch of guys, Daryl Bolch, there's a bunch of guys there, Robert McPhee, there's a bunch of guys that you could, you know, you had to you had to go there and rope, you know. It wasn't just uh, a give me. You didn't have to just go and catch one and tie him down. So, and um, you know, the the bulldogging doesn't really matter. It not so much because it's sort of everywhere you go. Like there'll be someone, you know, you'll have thirty guys, and there'll be someone that'll jump out there and they'll do a good run and so forth. But um, the calf roping and the and the team roping is definitely like you see your little areas and so forth that you know that it's and it's probably mainly like the healers sort of dominate a lot nowadays like the and I, you know not being disrespectful to the headers but uh, the healers the ones that you know take care of business i think like yeah i mean the yeah, your headers sort of set it up for them and you know the better they do it but you know them guys are um i feel the healing to me is the most crucifying event in all the torn events. I hate it with passion. <laughs> it's so um, disciplined. It's you know, it's you know, it's not like you bulldog and a steer and you're a bit out of position where you just pull Muscle on his head or pull on the saddle on and mm. you know push on your feet or do something to get you out of strife. Like, but um, you know, same with the calf wrapping your head and you can do whatever. But that healing is just when you when it's on. It's easy. Oh, that's simple. It's just nothing to it. And the then it's run. like the next day you couldn't, couldn't throw a rope down a well. Like it was. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. like you just. It is. Still, like taking nothing away because I'm nowhere near at a level of ninety percent of the competitors in Australia. But if you just things come together for you all at once, you look like you've been doing it for years. You know, like you you've got the top level fellas like y yourself h this year it's phenomenal it is so cool h is coming number two that is so cool you know but like Lockie o'neill you know tommy durbridge you know casey a lot of the, you guys like consistently put the runs together you know because you put the time in you put the effort in and you you know your stuff but then you might go to one rodeo where one person just has a wicked looking run they just drew the pooch of the pen 
Their horse kicked them through nice. Everything just come together and they might win the rodeo. We're going to win second then. You know. That's using your head. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes sometimes what? that happens. That's that's what it is. You look at something, you go, wow. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go out here and I'm going to win second yeah. today. But like what I'm saying is it's it can just happen like that in steer wrestling. Like something oh, can yeah. just come yep. together. But then when you step off in calf roping, like tomorrow I'm well and truly out of my league, but I'm <laughs> roping against the best in Australia. Yep. You know, like, no matter what I do, unless Diamond half bucks and I accidentally step off and it looks like I did it deliberately, <laughs> there's no way that I can, at my level, step off, get down the line and get my calf flanked like any of you boys. There's no hiding anything in calf roping. You're That's the right, best. Yeah. You yep. earned yep. that. You win a rodeo. You made that run. You yep. earned that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you got to put the the time and effort in. And um, I've been very fortunate. I've had a lot of kids that have actually, you know, I, I did a what I call an apprenticeship with Neville McCarthy, and um, I left. Uh, oh, well, I used to go home and was um, going to school in Mount Isa. Um, I pretty much gone to school all over Australia, from Shepparton through to Crow's Nest, bloody. Charters Towers, Maryborough, you name it. I've done a, done a quite a f- fair few where I went to school. But um, I'd go down to Neville's in the school holidays. I'd spend time there. Um, but he, he put foundations and, and stuff into what I needed to do and give me the tools to, you know, to learn what a good horse was, learn how to flank and toy. You know, we'd spend hours, you know, like every day, like, Go down, the, if we're going to go down, we'll go down flank tight calves. And, um, you know, I think I've had, like, Clancy Middleton, um, me and Clancy did the same thing. He'd come down and spend time with me when he was sort of going to school and stuff. And uh, me and Mark Knox, we rodeoed for quite a bit. Young Will, um, you know, tight calves. We had, uh, and that's the thing, like, you have the motivation. It's like Campbell and... Uh, Darcy, you know, Campbell's spent quite a bit of time at home, Campbell Hodson. Um, and it's a pretty proud moment when you see them kids, like, he's come through, I think he left school and come to home, and, um, you know, the last two years he's won the Orion Cowboy and the Hedden and the Calf Open, and, and um, you know, to think that you've helped help him get where he is, and I think there's, you know, there's quite a bit more. He's, you know, he like, he's gone to spent time with Trevor Brazil and gone to the States and all that stuff but um, you know the, the work ethic was there it's still there and I don't have that work worth ethic anymore I'm <laughs> worn out like uh, back to muscle memory we're yeah good, yeah we're muscle good. memory we'll just Let go in. we'll just go with that <laughs> yeah. and uh, things happen a bit slower you know you sort of step off and you think oh Work, it, should, it should be about there as that calf's feet come up <laughs> off the ground, but I'm still about three strides away. I hope he hangs on the end of that rope so I can just wander down there and flank him, you know. But um, it's And that's all it is. It's just, you know, putting the, the practice and the time and the effort in and then finally, eventually, you get the payday, you know. You, you get the results. It yeah. starts starts ticking along because it becomes easy to do because it's you, you're doing it you're seeing it you you can you can feel it you know you can smell it you you breathe it like it's um you know it's just like shooting basketballs or 
doing whatever it's you know it's being a part of throwing that football pass I was actually listening to a podcast of Cameron Smith and um, the other day and he said you know it was 30 seconds to go in the grand final and he and he threw a pass and he said it landed right at about guy's knees he said if I had to hit him in the spot right in that bread basket and he could have took that pass he said we could have scored we could have won the game mm. and they've you know they're playing for eighty Split minutes, and, and he's crucified himself for that yep. last thirty seconds where you're trying to get that play to hit that pass, and the, he thinks it's come down to that. And yeah. You think that's it weighs over him from now on. And then, I, then I got to thinking about that. I thought that's yeah, fair enough. And I think, well, what we do, we bulldog a steer in four seconds or five seconds. We rope a calf in eight, nine, or ten. We Team wrap a steer in five or six or whatever. Like, we actually don't have that long to think about all these steps no. and stuff process that we have to go through. It's it all happens so fast. So we've actually got to have a very alert um, frame of consciousness. Yeah, and you know, read read the situation. There's plenty of times you'll catch a bulldog and steer, and you'll feel what he's doing. He's pulling on you. You you're underneath him. You need to be here. You need to be there. Or, you know, um, the time that uh, I broke the record um, at the Great Western, and we laugh about it quite a bit because Heath Kimber, mate of mine, uh, he broke the, you know, I broke that record, I don't know how many times I'd, I'd broke it. It used to be, I think it was like eight seconds, um, Gary McPhee had, had it, and then 8.05, then I'd broke it. I was eight flat and seven nine, seven eight, seven seven. Like it just kept, just kept getting, going, you know. Yeah. Like and um, and uh, we'd been out to Ike's there, got the cars ready for the finals, and and I really didn't even know. I was just Gadge just went out and broke the record, and I was, and I was just like, Ugh, he's broke your record. And I'm like, oh well. And they go, what's your calf? I said, I don't know. He's he'd be right. <laughs> I just you know they're all good. Look, yeah. it didn't worry me. So, but I roped that calf, and the only thing I can sort of remember out of it all was I could see him coming up off the ground. And I thought his front feet are coming up. I need to be there. And that was as he come up, I caught him and flanked him and tied him. And that was sort of about the the whole gist of it. But like you think is an animal or a calf coming up off the ground, and and that thought entered my head like it's that quick yeah. you know it's there's nothing in it like that goes back to the muscle memory that's right yeah yep. it's yeah. trusting yourself and yep that that uh, and slip and i went into it in a lot in our episode it's that subconscious mind of doing what you know to do yeah 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 no it's and it's there's a lot of you know with that the uh, sitting you know, especially a lot of the rodeos you go to, you, you kind of you've got a fair idea what the calves are. That you know, a lot of the times they're not fresh or whatever, and you you got to be able to visualise it and see it and and believe it and talk yourself into it, not out of it. You know, yeah. that's that's what happens, I guess, um, a lot of times. I know my my uncle Shane, like he because he rode bulls so much, he was just so much mind Positive stuff. You know, mind power, yeah, yep. yep. You know, we'd be even um, just things he'd do like I'd be he had a buck and drum set up in the thing and you know he'd go right jump off and you know, you know first time next to me goes I'm going to hit you with this pitchfork here if you don't when you jump off you get up that fence I'm like 
but it was just a, like yep. muscle, muscle you know, memory. Yeah, move, move, Straight keep away. moving, get second like, nature. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yep. Yeah, simple things. So. There you go. Well, that's that's, it. and that's what it comes down to. Literally, like for him, it was as soon as you're off, you get up and you run. You know, like for you now, and and it would have been for a long time. As soon as you you feel that you take your slack, you pull to your hip, pitch. You know, you're stepping off, and it's your second nature is to get down the big front block on your, your yep. calf. Yep. Left hand, big flank. Yeah. You know, and that's just second nature now for you is is to come in and get that right leg under that, that calf. And that's just it. Big yeah. flank. Get yourself yeah. in the situation in the game. Yeah. And, you know, that, sure. that's, you're saying with Cameron Smith, like he beat on himself for that split second and that, that pass, but... That split second is our whole run. That's right. Yeah, you it's know? it's all over. That's it. You know, you beat on yourself for the whole run if you're going to do that. Yep. You know. Yep. But um, like I said before, we have gone a lot of way from what I wrote down and stuff. <laughs> but this is it's how it's flowed is is much better than what I ever went into. You know, um, at the very start, you did you did say like with with your contracting, you know, like you you just did the finals, the ATRA. A weekend or off. Now you're down here in Warwick for the memorial. All the cattle that we're running here this weekend, you're taken to the finals. You know you got the 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 best of the best coming to rope your cattle. You know that that's saying something for the level of stock that you produce. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know it's a it's a tough deal. Like the people sort of some people probably look and think, oh, geez, they're making quite good money. But then when they turn around and see the expense of it all and the fuel and the tires and the feed and everything like um you've got to have a love for what for for your sport and what you do and uh what we do and you know we get we do get crucified by a few people i don't hold no grudges against them i really don't care what their opinion is because um at the end of the day i'm doing it for the reason that i'm doing it for and i, I love doing what we do and you know my family are 100% behind what I do I have good people that um, you know help us out um, you know like Rowan Lisso, Lee and Cherie Kimber down there um, you know Tommy Durbridge guys up at Gympie that you know with our cattle because we're never there but um, you know the people that take care of stuff even at home um, you know um, you know, even just at the rodeo, you just run them up, and it's it's just it's a job. Like it's it's, it's a yeah. lot of work. You know, like yep. it's when the rodeo's finished, everyone goes back to the trailers and puts their horses up, and we've still got to go and forget feed about and the rodeo. water yeah. and exactly. You know, make sure everything's taken care of, and because we're going to mm. need them tomorrow or the next day or next weekend or whatever it be. So we've got to take care of things. Um, you, you look know, at today, for instance. You know, like after the. The like I flag I helped flag because Slip had to do the team roping as well. So his runs I flagged and the runs that revolved around his, and then he stepped back in, and then I flagged for the the steer wrestling, and that, and then after that H is like, yep, well, let's go feed some cattle, <laughs> you know, and like everyone was all finished in the arena, they like went up and unsaddled all their horses and stuff like that, and he's just still putting in the hard yards. That's right, yeah, and that's you know. That that boy right there, like H, um, that's a that's a story in its own. Uh, you know, he come to from New Zealand. Um, he turned up at home there. He had uh, his father was incarcerated in New Zealand in a jail actually, and H was out here with uh, 
good friend of his father's, and this, he had a uh, twin, um, Tani and Tani and Harmy, uh, H and T we call them, and then we've got a, the littlest brother here, Tmortifa, but we call him Mot, well T, but uh, little T, but um, you know them kids turned up. They were a pair, wearing a pair of gumboots and shorts, and they were pretty wild boys when they showed up. <laughs> I tell you, they. I had a young horse there, and I said, "Don't ride it. Just put the saddle on it and take it for a lead, and you can ride it. And you know, tomorrow or the next day, whatever." Next minute. 20 minutes later, one of them come can around the corner of the road riding this thing, and I'm thinking, oh, this is not going to end well. Like, but then we went mustering at Gympie, and oh, we don't, we don't have saddles in New Zealand. We want to ride bareback, bro. I said, right, eh? Get into it. This will be interesting. It'll last not long. Well, they went and went. Them boys, they just up, up any mountain, buddy, down any hill, creeks, whatever. They were just, yeah. and then we got them roping and. And they sort of, they got on a few bulls and stuff and they got on with the roping spurs. Actually, at Bowen River, it was funny. As <laughs> H was going pretty good and he, this little fellow turned back and he was, he was riding pretty good. And then next bit, the, Went the, to old, the old running rails, they just <laughs> jerk up past his ear and clicked his, <laughs> and about the next jump, he got dusted and he's like, oh, he had a roping glove on, not even a bull on glove. It, <laughs> it was wild. But, um, you know, like, he really wanted to, to do something yeah he just didn't know what he wanted to do so we had him roping calves he was heading he i think he won the sixes at the capella that year um and then we're going to pine creek which was after darwin and i said he'd been groundwork in a couple of steers not nothing much and um i said oh well best you animate because you need to run you know you need to they need some entries they haven't got many you'll be right so he just jumped out there and caught a steer and threw it down and it's like 10 or 11 in the car for open and nothing was you know whatever i sort of he did like he you know he just did it had the the right mindset for it he's you know he's got the right mindset he can watch things and do it um and then and then he just uh he went away for twelve months. He went back to New Zealand. We didn't didn't hear from him. He was just going home. Oh, just going home, bro, just for a bit. Went out in the bush because his grandparents got a big place over there, and they just lived out in the bush and shot a deer. And they're like ferals. They were. They yeah. just didn't care. Couldn't get onto him on the phone. Like there was no, you know, it was it was quite funny. But anyway, then. Um, we went to Mick Carney's down there in November last year, and he said, "Oh, I'm in Sydney working in a factory." And he'd been there. He'd been. At, I knew he'd been back for a while. Like he was working in the factory, and he turned up, and he had his civvy clothes, as he called them, his red sand shoes, and these bloody khaki-looking jeans with the tight t-shirt. Looked like he's straight out of bloody Sydney. You know, he wouldn't even know who he was. It was quite funny because he goes. I'll give you a hand. I'll run the cattle up. So everyone there will be going, <laughs> who are you? Who's this bloke? You know, do you know to wheel him from Shane. <laughs> get that jigger here, mate. You, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I know what I'm doing here. Pushed him up. You know, did his job. What did what he do? So anyway, and he sort of said, "Oh, geez, I miss it." I said, "Oh, yeah, that's a go." And then he said, oh, "I might come down and give you a hand at Christmas time." I said, "Yeah, right. Oh, that'll be good, mate. Fly down. I'll." Catch the bus out to Lee's and we'll pick you up. Yep. So Leah went and picked him up from the train station and 
and uh, he pulled up in the car, and I still remember we were breaking some calves, and he come running over, and I said, here you go, here's a picking string, get into it. And uh, Nick Payne was there at the time, and he's just run down the rope flank toward this calf. Nick goes, oh, this bastard just annoys me. He's like, That's just not right. He said, yeah. here he is, hasn't been anywhere, hadn't been near us for, you know, 12 months or whatever, and he just... Just went and did his Boom. job. Said, right, we'll groundwork some steers. So he groundworked some steers and we're breaking some steers in and doing that. And and he never even entered all the Christmas rodeos this year. He, he was just running the cattle up. Yeah. And, um, you know, he sort of, he was supposed to go home back to work in January. And anyway, we're like, he goes, oh, do you think it'd be all right if I stay? I said, yeah, mate, you'd be all right. You can stay, whatever. Yeah, I don't want to go to work. I just like this rodeo on. I said, that's the game, mate. That's good, you know. It's, you know, just a bloody good kid, and just he's he's a part of the family. Like, um, you know, no different to Campbell or Darcy. You know, all them kids, bloody Clancy and that. We sort of have a big family, and when we go to their place, we stay and hang out, whatever. And and um, you know, he he's second. Second going into the finals, like next yeah. week, you know, and he's got That's a awesome. good chance, a great chance to, you know, I, you know. He's thinking about that too, you know, like we're sitting there this afternoon, as I just said, off, I flagged the, the steer wrestling, you know, and it was just him and Will in it, and like Will was getting out and making catches a lot earlier, no barrier, and you know, and I said to, to H, like, no barrier, bud, like. Because he's he seen his first one out of fair way and that pony didn't want to pull him through when he got there a bit. And, and then, like, the second one, he made a good catch, but he was still around the same area. And I said, like, go at it, bud. Like, and he, he stopped himself and he's like, if I do that, he's going to jump. And then I'm screwed next week. You know? Like, yeah, yeah. Just big picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, I just sat there and I'm just like, that is awesome. yeah. You no, know, you just like want to see, see him out, see him, see him take a step, and then, yeah. re- and the like. The first steer he actually was he was lean and sort of pointing, wanting to get off early. And then I said, "Mate, you got to just because they are fresh steers." I said, "They're not gonna, they're not gonna let off." I said, "You need to just ride up right in the middle of his back and get off, you know, and just catch his head and do your deal." And and the second and third steer was, was way better. Like he did really mm. good, you know. Yep. I mean, and that he knew that straight away. He's like, oh, "I got off a little early on that yeah, steer." Yeah. You know, yeah. like he's. And I kind of, I stopped and said, I said, any of the fellas that Shane's taken under his wing, have any of them really, like, found their calling and bulldogging? He goes, oh, not that I know of. I said, that's you, man. Like, <laughs> that's that's your calling, eh? Like, and he's constantly thinking about it. Like, that was all he wa- like, all weekend, like, all day today. Dog- you dogging, Benny? You dogging, like, <laughs> Nah, but, oh, you go, go on, go on. You know, like, yeah. just, that was his... Just keen to run seas this afternoon. Yeah, no, he loves his bulldog, and he's you know he um oh he just pretty uh, pretty tickled. I mean um, Lee Kimber give us that little horse that he's riding, and he's fit him. He had a that's actually <coughs> another horse we had, and um, I got a Vern McVicker, and H was winning everything on him, and um, that was Vern. Yeah, Vern. Yeah, yep. that's what we call him. Vern, yeah, actually. I got to ride Vern a couple and, of times. Uh, that's when he went back to New Zealand. I'm like, you come back, you come back. No, no answer. You come back, no, no answer. And I'm like, I had, had another horse at the time. I was just like, you know what? I don't need. Yeah. I just sold him. 
was kind of trying to blackmail him, really. Yeah. <laughs> Come <laughs> back, or I'm going to sell him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I miss you. <laughs> but, um, I need you. <laughs> yeah, no, it was... Vern needs you. <laughs> yeah, no, Vern, he loved Vern, too. He, he loves this little horse, too. But, um, you know, like, to see a kid that... Come from wore, nothing. Wore a pair of gumboots and... Yeah. You know, didn't know nothing. Didn't know how to swing a rope. Didn't... Hated riding in a saddle, like... Yeah, so it's um, you know, it's been pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, mm. and he's a, he's 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 not a kid, you know. He's a good guy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. like he's he's his, once again talking about Casey before, but like H is he's his own man. That's right. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> does his own thing. Yeah, yeah. nah, he's a cool dude, and just yeah. I was talking before on that and. After after the steer wrestling, he's he's picking on what he was doing, you know, like he just he's and I said before like he's big picture, but that's just for finals. I think he's more than just big picture for finals. He 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 doesn't just want to take home the title. Like he he if with H if he did it, he wouldn't brag about it. He'd be looking at next year already. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's just the sort of fellow he is. Yeah, you know. And that once again, you know, you look at Campbell, you look at Darcy, like that goes back to the time that you are willing to put in to young fellas that are willing to put in for you. But they're good kids. That's the thing people don't understand. They're good kids and I'm happy to help them because I know that they're going to do something with it. Yeah. There's been plenty of, you know, they want they want to, oh, you know, we want to come and hang out and rope and do whatever. And I'm just, and you look at them and you go... Well, I know that you're just going to take off and jack off or do whatever. Like, they're just, they're not, you know, dedicated to it. They're just, yeah. they haven't got the drive and they haven't got the want. And, you know, and um, by all means, I've had some pretty useless people around me too. But, but I enjoy the company. Like, it's it's not all about being the champion. I've had, um, you know, there's guys that, just good blokes and you enjoy having them around and doing whatever and I mean there's been a few of them that Leanne said to me you know what are you doing <laughs> what are you putting up with him ah oh, it's alright he's, he's alright mm. you know but give them something you know to do in life and an interest and that's you know a lot of the the like the rookie breakaway day and the and the um, and that sixes deals you know it's it's so good to sit and watch people actually enjoy themselves yeah you know get out there and rope and do it you know we um you know growing up as a kid shoot people would be i'd get up and rope the dummy for an hour and a half before i'd go to school yeah because that was just me that was that was what i wanted to do you know i'd i'd ride the um spur board me my uncle had a bloody bareback spur board they bareback think it was a bareback roar at the time you know I'd get on that thing and give it a give it a little bit of a lap you know like yeah. get on the bucking dummy I just wanted to be a cowboy like didn't matter um what it was you know when I was a kid I thought I was going to be a bull rider dad was a bull rider my uncle's a bull rider I'm going to be a bull rider how good's this you That's know like, following the footsteps yeah and um you know Sparrow Brennan and Jason Hall and them guys that had a little thing at the mini ranch there at um, Carabin just out of Ipswich there and Doug Cross owned and 
you know, they they were like the big time steroiders, and I was sort of a year or two younger. I'd be getting on and thinking, you know, and then watching them guys, you know, a few years later, they were getting on bulls, and yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, but they had like roping and all that sort of thing. That was yeah, it was a pretty good deal. Like, no, similar deal what it um, is here, you know. Like you get a bit of a following, and they have a group of people, and yeah. Righto, guys, that wraps up part number one of episode number 14 with Shane Kenny. This is a two-parter, so make sure you jump on over to part number two and continue listening to episode number 14 of The Cash's Cowboy with Shane Kenny.